Steven. I just cracked open an Alipop classic root beer flavor. It's a prebiotic botanical plant fiber sparkling tonic. 12 floral ounces only have 35 calories and two grams of sugar, but it tastes just like the root beer out of my grandma's fridge I used to drink as a child. So I am vaxxed, waxed, and so happy and ready for this episode. Danny, who are we talking to today? I think you guys are the most frequent returners y'all are the john mulaney to seth myers you are the who went on conan a lot i guess by default andy richter to to conan um welcome back to the podcast katie and russell thanks for i guess comparing me to or us to someone who very recently got out of alcohol rehab well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, okay. He, he, that he, having been said, John Mulaney is a delight, but I really hope that he has a grip on his life now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not touching that one. So <laughs> I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, y'all have been all over the country recently. I know you guys were out West for a bit. Um, I saw photos from Universal Hollywood, yes. It's true, Universal Hollywood, and then we went backpacking in Yosemite. 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 Beautiful. Oh, hang on. <laughs> One of those was not like the others. Well, I am. Yosemite. I, I got it, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think when we were out in uh, California, you went to the new studio I tour. I did. I went to the new Warner Brothers Backlot tour, which was really exciting. They have a whole bunch of new Harry Potter things to go check out there. What, come on, you're burying the lead here. We all know you're bursting the mention of Katie. Go ahead. What was so special about your specific visit to the new Backlot tour? Well, now that you mention it. Uh, I yeah, did. now that I mentioned it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. Uh, well, I just so happened to be touring the back lot with Bonnie Wright, our very own Ginny Weasley, who was so kind and lovely um, to be the spokesperson for the new back lot tour. Russell, what was your highlight of being out West? My highlight of being out West? Uh, I'm going to hurt some feelings. Um, my highlight was being camping. Uh, we actually, when we went to Universal Studios, there were some weird problems. Uh, when we were we were in the oh. Wizarding World, there was a bunch of like it, like this is a this is an effect of something that's that, uh, Stephen. Let's get weirdly political for a second. Um, the uh, the the side effect of you know people everywhere uh, trying to find better places to work or places that will you know kind of compensate them better or places that had to let a whole bunch of people go and haven't been able to fully train replacements yet whatever the reason might be whatever you choose to choose to believe Universal uh, has got a staffing shortage and it caused mm-hmm. tons of problems the the park when we were there 
by the end of the day, every single one of the foam machines for like the thing that puts the foam on top of the butterbeer, they were all broken. And so when you ordered a butterbeer, they had this like carafe thing of not whipped foam that they were just sort of sadly pouring on top because they legally have to apply this Something. stuff yeah. to the butterbeer. Um, even though when it is completely melted, it is definitely better to just have the butterbeer without it. Right. Um, and yeah, just generally like it was, there were some was weird things of, that are just sad and falling apart and it's noticeable now, I guess. It's the kind of thing that I think will get better as they get more staff and as they're right. able to kind of apply more resources, but like for the moment, the difference between being in the Florida version of universal and the California version of universal are very, very stark. Yeah. Uh, and California, I mean, the staff are exhausted. They're all pulling double shifts and sometimes working six to seven yeah. days a week. Um, and, and I don't know, there's so many examples that I could give, but uh, yeah, I hope, I really hope that they improve soon because it was just kind of disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like all of the cool stuff, the rides are all still great and walking around the, the park is still cool. It was just really clear that there's a staff shortage and right. that there's a lot of kind of ancillary problems that go along with that. Um, so yeah, hopefully that gets fixed soon. You mentioned, you know, that you said you looked around, there's a lot of things not really working and it was sad. And I immediately jumped to how I feel every single morning when I look in my bathroom mirror and I was like, oh, this is, you know, it's noticeable and it's sad. <laughs> Um, but we're not here to discuss my uh, psychological issues. We are here, of course, to do to discuss something that happened for y'all on the East Coast. Because despite the way Katie copies, anytime anyone asks her where she lives, Katie and Russell are East Coast based. And uh, in addition to so delightfully and graciously bringing me along to an early opening of Harry Potter in New York in June, and then of course putting up with my idiocy camping overnight on the corner of 22nd and third. It's still there, by the way. Well, yeah, the corner, yeah, the corner is still there. We got to, we got to see it recently. The corner of one of the most famous buildings in New York city, the flat iron. Yes, Yes. it is still there. Um, It's still there and it's still gross. Yeah. It was not what I would describe as pleasant, but that's neither here nor there. What is here and or there is that the virtual reality experiences within Harry Potter, New York finally opened and you all had a uh, early, uh, early sneak peek at that. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go on mute and whatever you guys want to talk about there and whatever Danny wants to ask there, uh, this is, this is your time to shine. You should do your background a little bit about like why it was important for you to be there. Sure. Yeah. So, um, the tech that goes into building a VR installation is, is kind of intense. There's, there's a lot of work that goes into like, it's a whole lot different than just putting a VR headset on at home. Uh, the idea is that when you walk into certain things, you can reach out and touch stuff and they're actually physically there. Or if, uh, in you're in VR and there's like a stiff breeze or something, you actually feel like a fan kicks on. And so it feels, you know, more real, but it's all like automated. So as you go around and do all these things, um, some of them get a little intense. And if it's raining, you'll actually feel kind of like sprinkles of, uh, of rain, which is real exciting when you're carrying $4,000 worth of hardware on your back. Um, 
But uh, there's the, the whole point is to make it that extra step of feeling real when, when they build these places. So when someone says, I have a VR headset at home, why can't I just, you know, it, run these two games at home? There's a whole other layer of being in, uh, in VR and doing this. And, uh, and also these two games will not be released for any home devices. These are no, exclusive. As, yeah, as a result, you have to be in one of these spaces in order to, to really enjoy the experience. Um, so there's, there's two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Wizards Take Flight, which is, uh, uh, you know, uh, Stephen, you saw the the entrance to this uh, area. It's very, you know, heavily Quidditch themed. There's some really cool kind of banners for, for mm-hmm. different teams. I got really excited when I saw the Chudley Cannons yeah. you know, kind of pennant sitting in the corner. Uh, and, and, you know, so there's a bunch of theme there. What we didn't get to see when we were there with Stephen is upstairs. Uh, there is a separate VR experience on, on the top floor, uh, which is called Chaos at Hogwarts. Uh, and the reason that it has to live upstairs is there's a whole like thing that goes into it before you get there and that you get to the top of the stairs or the elevator uh, and it's King's Cross Station. It is King's Cross sort Station. Of. However, <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> I don't know, um, another version in another realm of King's Cross. It, it is was King's very Cross quickly... as though they were aware of wizards. Yes. Because there's like signs and references to Potter all over the place. So it's not just... It's recognizable, but it's basically just wallpaper with a with a ticket counter thing that sticks out. Well, the ticket counter is stickers just on stickers. It. Yeah, but it's it's probably cool for pictures. But right, it's definitely not the same thing as like the actual platform. Not no, there's in no Florida yeah, or, there's or no photo there. opportunities up there. It's not like you know you can yeah. go up and hang out. It's a very small space. Hang on now, the- no, I saw a great photo of Russell's back in the brilliant CNET article that I read recapping the experience. And I saw Russell's back with like $2,000 worth of equipment on it. So there are photo opportunities, just maybe not the Harry Potter fan approved ones. Totally different room. So the reason that they have these two areas, the one with the Quidditch stuff all over it and the one with King's Cross is because they want you to be able to take your group photos there because as soon as you cross this other threshold, cameras are completely forbidden. Uh, they, if you, if they see you with a camera, they will take it from you immediately and they will ask you to leave. Um, all of the stuff that happens in this room is all of the, you know, kind of voodoo sorcery that makes all the interactive stuff work. And because trade secrets and competition and stuff, they don't, you know, they don't let anybody take pictures of any of that stuff. Also, cause it kind of takes away when you see that it's a bunch of metal rods and boxes, it takes away from being able to reach out to a, a wall and be like, Oh crap, it feels like it's actually there. Um, so uh, you you go into this, you take your group photos and you say you're getting ready to do the VR thing and you move into the staging area uh, where they put um, tracking sensors on your hands and a backpack on your back and a headset that you go to put on. And your feet. Um, well, only for the one. Um, yeah, if well, you're we're in talking chaos, about the upstairs one right now. We have both of them. If you're at Chaos at Hogwarts and you have trackers that also go on your feet, they're really simple to put on. They're, they kind of strap in. They don't do anything with your fingers. It's just kind of resting on your hands and on your feet. Um, and then the backpack's a little on the heavy side. It was heavy, um, which is interesting because they say that they allow kids uh, 10, 10 and, up. and up. Yeah. I so can definitely sure. imagine a 10 year old falling over with this backpack. on. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, you know, you, you put all this tracking stuff on and then you put the headset on. Uh, and once you put the headset on, you get uh, kind of a virtual layout of the room so that you can still safely walk around. No. Um, it's Yeah. Yes, but you can look down at yourself and see kind of a, a basic human shape and King's Cross Station within this headset that you see at first. Well, right, but the point is that you can you can safely te- take steps forwards and mm-hmm. backwards and yes. not worry about falling down. 
Yeah. Um, the headset, how does that work with people who are glasses wearers? This is yeah, always my question. No, I, I, uh, that's the first thing that I test. Cause I'm also a, a constant glasses wearer. my glasses fit inside the headset with no problem. Um, I chose not to have the glasses for either of these experiences because the, uh, the lenses are actually super high quality. And if you adjust them right, I could see with no problem, but yeah, there's, there, there's no problems there. I'll tell you what, speaking of headsets, I know, obviously we're talking about virtual reality and as someone who is relatively well-read and is a human with a functioning brain, I know what a, a VR headset looks like, but the entire time we've been talking about headsets tonight, I've been thinking of like the in-sync headsets, you know, like just like the simple headset with the little microphone coming, the arms, you know, the bye bye. And that's obviously not what we're talking about, but the visual was really quite nice. So when Danny was like, does the headset fit with your glasses? I was like, what type of question is that? Like, yeah, you just put the headset over your, anyhow, it's, no, it's fine. I'm stupid. I'm stupid is the moral of that <laughs> well, diversion. The thing is that you're also a glasses wearer. So like even like on rides at any amusement park, I'm like, oh, dang, these stupid glasses. I have my glasses. Do I risk being able to, not see anything or so I just yeah, actually so want to know my, my glasses come out pretty far from from the the sides of my face uh and I was able to put them in there with no problem if you've got real thick uh kind of wider glasses um or if you've got glasses that have kind of like the the cat eyes that arc up a little bit those will probably not fit in the headset but if you've got glasses like yours and mine Danny uh and and Steven's they should fit inside with no problem my only caveat there is the lenses on the inside of the, the headset are glass and the, your glasses are also glass. And when glass rubs together, it's not great. Um, so when you go to put the headset on, just be careful that it's not so tight that it's like crammed up against your face because all of those kind of micro movements will scratch your glasses in ways that uh, will cause your, uh, your eye doctor to stare at you in confusion um, which is definitely not a thing that's happened to me once already. Well, you know what they say, when a mommy glass and a daddy glass love each other very much. They abuse one another heavily. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> my favorite thing about when Russell comes on episodes is he always manages to break Steven in some way. Well, and, and this is not a shot at anybody at all, I promise, but usually... I am simultaneously quickest to the draw with all of my jokes and my jokes are just straight up awful. And so usually I win on both fronts, but Russell's someone who not only matches me step for step, but more likely than not beats me step for step. So yeah, it's, it's always, it's always a treat. It's always fun. (laughs) Um, So I guess I, I kind of want to. Yeah. I want you to talk about the actual games because you got a lot more out of that stuff. So There, there were ups and downs of it. Uh, I loved that this game upstairs, um, the chaos. chaos at Hogwarts. This one is very similar to anyone who has gone to the other places. Um, if you've been to a place like this, the void, the void, um, which uh, they, they don't, they didn't survive COVID, but there was a VR installation that was all over the place, including Disney Springs uh, and and downtown Disney. Um, that you could go into and do VR stuff. And they were up until quite recently, like the best of those experiences where you walked in and you could do a whole bunch of kind of unique stuff. And, right. And, then come and they had Star Wars, they had Marvel, they had Disney stuff. They had, they had a great relationship with Disney who definitely ripped them off. Yes. Um, for something else that they're about to do in galaxy's edge, but that's next yeah. year's thing. <laughs> um, 
this is uh yeah no but if you've done anything like that this is the exact same thing it it is suiting up going into a room and then once you have the headset on that room you know there's things in there there's boxes there's walls there's whatever happening around you that you don't see but if you reach out and touch a wall in the game the wall is actually there so you're moving around as a group you can hear each other and talk to each other as well um and you see all the same things that everyone else sees in the room this is multiplayer right and you can definitely see the other players yes. as they go and do stuff if- um you get to choose your character there were well well yeah. you get to choose there your were, hogwarts there house. were you choose your hogwarts house and then there are six avatar designs to go through right uh that are largely androgynous i would say they oh, weren't yeah. necessarily male nor female no. um but they were it was skin tone and, yeah. and eye uh eye configuration mostly right um that was cool. And you, you got to, we were all Gryffindor, so I really didn't get to see what the other houses looked. Well, Chaos Lame. and Hogwarts had a Slytherin. Um, oh, right. A Slytherin yes. and three Gryffindors. And the, like, so basically it's the same, you're wearing the robe and then you've got the, your house scarf. scarf. Yeah. Uh, and then whatever head you have right. chosen. And then at one point in the game, you actually are given a wand and this wand in your hand feels very large. <laughs> It's it's a it yeah, is it's a, a plastic set of it is a plastic um, <laughs> yeah it's a plastic wand and you are told that in order to cast a spell I guess this was the part that I struggled with because as a Harry Potter fan we all kind of know the spells like if someone says perform Gar- Wingardium Leviosa you know the swish and flick you're gonna make that movement with your wand. And you're told that that's not going to work in this game. The only movement that is going to work in this game is lifting your arm all the way up over your shoulder and flinging it forward. And that works with all of the spells that you have to do within this game. And it's tough. It's tough to get a hang of that, um, to shout Wingardium Leviosa and just like go like this constantly, just like moving your arm back and forth. Uh, So... That was odd, but the actual the actual exploration of the castle was really fun. You get to go to the common rooms. You get to, and unfortunately, it's only Slytherin and Gryffindor. But still, I was kind of excited to go into the Slytherin common room because you don't usually get to explore that. So that was fun. Uh, but I wish I wish there had been a Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff common room. Uh, you also commented that in one of the rooms that we were in, uh, there was a portrait of oh, McGonagall. Yes. So I was just pointing out that I've been to the London studio tour and I've been on the actual, you know, the Gryffindor common room set and explored and taken a million photos. And I just know every inch of it. And they replicated it perfectly. They had every portrait where it should be. They, you know, and they don't do that at the Wizarding World uh, Universal. It's very different from the actual one in the movie that they use. So this one was closer to the Warner Brothers actual set, um, which I appreciated. It was kind of cool. And and it was fun. Overall, it was a fun experience and definitely something that I think families would have fun together with, especially yeah. if you have kids. So right now, because of COVID, they're only letting four people in at a time to do stuff. But the idea uh, is by the end of summer to make it so that uh, you can fully, you know, fill a room, which is six people. Right. Um, for for both the the upstairs and and the downstairs. I thought the some of the things they did a really good job on was was kind of the interactive stuff when you're out on the moving staircases mm-hmm. you know, as you're as you're tra- traveling through Hogwarts. You end up 
you know, walking through a fair bit of the castle and then includes spending some time on the, on the staircases. They did a really good job of making it actually feel like the staircase yeah. was moving under you. So no, like, that was great. Traveling from one part to the other was really cool. And I don't want to give away the ending, but there, there is a moment where you get to work together as a team. And if you are unsuccessful at working together at a team, something different will happen in the game. And the ending is different for yeah. your group. There are multiple endings. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep in mind that you really want to definitely work because you're tempted to do what we did, which is just to see what you could get away with in the game <laughs> and do things that you're told not like not necessarily instructed to do. Yeah. So the, the way that the game works is you you put the wand over the back and then as you bring the wand forward, you're supposed to speak out the spell right. that you want. If you don't quite get the words out, it just sort of generically fires this purple blast of energy uh, that definitely just felt like a like a laser cannon coming out of my <laughs> wand. Uh, which you can use to wreck all kinds of stuff in that game. <laughs> I mean, clearly, we're just like at the end of the game, they're just like, yeah, blow up whatever you want. Yep. <laughs> which is, again, really fun for kids or people that are young at heart. Yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah, uh, it was it was good. So that was the upstairs game. That was Chaos at Hogwarts. And then uh, downstairs is the... Wizards Take Flight. Yep, Wizards Take Flight. And the brooms were really exciting. They are uh, bicycle seats like attached to these brooms on the ground um, with places to put your feet and you never leave the ground. It obviously feels like you're flying the broom. Actually the handle will move up and down in front of you and side to side. So you control where you're going and yeah, by like leaning your body, right, leaning right. your body left and right or forward. Um, obviously you pull up to go up and push down to go down. And that part, that would hurt was my favorite part of the whole thing because they start you out and they're just like, here, have a flying lesson. Just explore Hogwarts wherever you want to go. It was, it was the whole grounds. It was the entire Hogwarts grounds. You could go up as, as tall as you want to the tallest tower or all the way to low to the ground to the greenhouses, to Hagrid's hut, to the, over the lake. You could go anywhere. Like everything. Yep. I was curious what would happen if I like ran into objects and it just kind of pushes you around there. So you can't really crash, which was cool. I was is there, is there an opportunity to get close to the surface of the Black Lake and explore what creatures may or may not live beneath its depths? So, yes. Uh, I don't know. I didn't go out super far, but I did, like, curve around the Black Lake as I was coming up. Because uh, what I really wanted to do was to see what happened when I flew past the Whomping Willow. Uh, so I was doing that like right. like broad turnaround. Um, and spoiler alert, it will swing at you if you are nearby. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my favorite part. Unfortunately, it's not very long. You only have a short time. Minutes. No, no, the, the, oh, the yeah. time where you're exploring Hogwarts, it's actually very short. Um, I, I managed to go up all the way to the very top of the tower. I wanted to see how tall or how far up I could go. And then all the way over to the greenhouses, to the bridge, to like, I went the backside of Hogwarts. Um, and then, then it, that's when it cut off. Dobby shows up on your broomstick yep. and says, Hey, we're going to go do a thing. <laughs> and I know you're already on your broomstick, but we're disapparating over here. Yep. <laughs> And, uh, and takes you to another place where the, the plot begins. Right. And I think the other thing mechanically about the, the broom flying is there's a big fan in front of you that you see when you enter the room in, in the VR place. Uh, and it uh, gets faster and slower 
depending on how fast you are going. So, which I thought was, it, it's like another one of those things that just really makes it feel like, like it's real because when you speed up, you, there's more wind yep. blowing through you and, and more, and uh, at one point you fly through a cloud. Yeah. And there's, it feels like mist coming at you. Yeah. It is mist coming at you. Yeah, it really it was, is real. That, yeah, that was cool. I, I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the freedom on these brooms to like make decisions which way you wanted to go and where you're casting spells because you also have a wand in this one, the same exact wand that you had in the other game. And you have the exact same movements as well to cast spells, which is very difficult on like holding one hand on the broom and steering it while also reaching all the way over your shoulder and flinging your whole arm forward to cast a spell and saying it at the same time. And you're expected to work as a group again um, to move the plot along. <laughs> and uh, hopefully you can work together as a group. I think we successfully did it, but I don't, I'm, I'm assuming that there are multiple endings for this one as well. They didn't say that. They said that there were definitely multiple endings for the other one. Okay. This, this, the, the once you get to the story part, uh, the Wizards Take Flight game is is very much on rails. Mm. It very much takes you from kind of one objective to the next, and you've got Hagrid's help, and there's a bunch yeah. of cool stuff going on. Um, and then there's you know there's this kind of combat sequence that's that's really entertaining. But it's it's you you kind of lose the ability to steer during some of those other things. I thought so. Yeah. It felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it was fun. It was definitely, again, they, entertaining. They were both super entertaining. Uh, I would definitely go and do them again, specifically with like groups of friends. Yeah. Like, very specific objectives in mind. I would love that. Um, I think Which that was be... each of your favorite. Okay. Yeah, you go first for this one. Okay. So, <sighs> no. Okay. All right. I think the Wizards Take Flight was my favorite as a game. The only issue that I had is I get very dizzy for things. So most VR games, I am completely fine. I don't get dizzy. I'm, I'm fine. Like there's only one game that I found so far that I couldn't play. I had to stop because I had so much motion sickness. Um, but this game, when it started out, I did not have any motion sickness. I was fine. And then as the story progressed, there were some scenes where I got pretty motion sick. So as a story and as the, as the, you know, you're riding on a broom, I love that game the best, but the downside was I got motion sick partway through. I didn't have to stop or anything. I just, just be aware that if you get motion sickness in VR or games or rides, um, be aware that that could happen in this game um, because you are going pretty fast virtually um, so it can, you know, it can affect your, <laughs> it can affect things. Um, I didn't have to take it off. It was fine. Like I was able to finish the game. I was a little dizzy afterwards, but it, other than that, it was fine. But um, that that's definitely my favorite. And the countering opinion is? Yeah, I preferred Chaos at Hogwarts mostly because like you have full range of motion the whole time. Like you're, you're moving around. All of your movements are your own. Your choices are your own. And that gives you a lot of flexibility. To, to kind of move around and do stuff. Um, and I feel like that's probably the more overall enjoyable thing. Like when you're in the Slytherin common room, everyone else could be trying to solve a puzzle and you could be just like checking out what's under the bunks, <laughs> you know, like seeing, seeing who's got dirties in their closet. Like just, just seeing like what, like whatever detail you can gleam. Right. Um, like another detail that you grabbed from. You're, you're talking Hogwarts. about dirty clothes in their closet, right? <laughs> Yes. For the for the audience. Yes, children. Um, 
So uh, one of the things you noticed from Chaos at Hogwarts that I thought was like a really incredible detail is if you are in one of the rooms and you look out the window, you actually see some of the stuff that's happening from Wizards Take Flight as they fly by Hogwarts, which was like a, a really cool detail that you're only going to get by something that is at right. the pace of Chaos at Hogwarts. Like right. you're, you, Wizards Take Flight is great as like a flight thing. I just, I'm really into the the... Like just the sheer amount of detail you get from Chaos yeah. of Hogwarts. What what do you think about the overall quality of these games compared to other games? That because you're an expert at VR. Sure. Um, yeah. So this is not the Void. If you've done Void installations before, it's not quite as uh, it's not quite as accurate. Um, it's a lot of fun as long as you kind of understand the rules when you go into it. But like you said with the wands, if you aren't super, if you're not well timed with the whole saying the thing out loud as you fling the wand forward. Uh, then, then you'll notice that you know the game isn't quite as much fun. Um, so it's it it is a it is a lot of fun. I feel like it's probably worth you know going up and checking it out once. Yeah. Um, it's not the kind of thing I would if I was like if I put my VR nerd hat on, it wouldn't be my first choice. If I'm in New York and there's like a bunch of VR things and I just want to do a cool VR thing, I probably wouldn't go there first. <laughs> I think it's fun for groups that want to play together for, you know, birthday parties or family trips. Yeah. Um, especially if you're local, if you if you live in New York, go. It's so much fun. Well, and here's a, like this is probably another way of putting this. Danny, you've heard us talk about this for 20 minutes now. What would you think is an appropriate amount to like what would you want to pay to do something like that? I know the prices. Okay. <laughs> I'm also actually, I was looking them up so we could have that discussion because I know you guys went for a preview. So I was like, I don't know if they have the prices off the top of their head. Yeah. So it's it's 34 bucks per person per trip. Um, per so trip or per, per game? Per game. So, you know, a single person is spending basically 70 bucks if they want to do both of these things uh, and it's, it's, you can't actually book them both at the same time. You book one and then you book the other, they're separate transactions. Yeah. Um, although weirdly cool detail for the moment is that if you book a, uh, if you book one of the VR experiences, you don't have to wait in line to get into the store. Right. If your appointment is for 10 AM, you can just walk in and be like, Hey, I got a 10 AM appointment and they just let you in. And then you can, you know, they, they don't, they want you to experience the rest of the store once it's over. However, as of right now, you can only book through August and it looks like August is completely booked. Oh, wow. I'm not finding any available times. Wow. That's great so, for yeah, them. That's, it is. But they um, only have dates posted through the end of August. Well, And they may open it up. There may be more seats available once they expand to six. Right. There's supposed to be six people eventually because there are six rooms in that room, but they were only starting with four to see like for COVID precautions and see how everything worked. Yeah. So do you think it is worth the cost of the ticket? I don't think doing both of them is worth the cost of the ticket. I think if you do your research and you pick one and you go, man, that's a really cool thing that I want to try. Uh, then going and doing it that once and saying that you did it totally worth it. Uh, I don't know that if you're going there for a day and you're going to spend the 70 bucks to do both and then shop in the store, it seems impossible that you're leaving beer. that store without spending 150 bucks and then having like a shirt uh, <laughs> to, to take home. Um, so I, I feel like that's probably like doing both is probably a, a tall order. Um, but, but yeah, if you're, if you're in the area and you're, you're really excited about Harry Potter stuff, um, which you would be, if you are in that store, um, then yeah, definitely just grab, 
you know, grab one, whichever one sounds the coolest to you. I'm always fascinated by like flight games though. That's always been my, my cup of tea. I'm personally an English breakfast guy, but sure. Is there anything else you would like to add about either of the games? Or your lives or I don't know the state of uh, currency manipulation uh, in in the Far East. I don't know, really, whatever you I, want to talk about. I will about. say that it was tough to like for us, just personally. It was funny because we were in California visiting my family, and then we had to get back here in time to preview these. So we flew back, and then literally, I landed and threw my suitcase down. You and we drove. You landed at three a.m. and we had to be in New York before nine right and it's a three-hour drive uh (laughs) so i was very tired it was a long day we were Um, both very tired because you drove the entire way um but yeah the other thing that i will say about the store which was not there when uh when we were there with you steven uh is that they have the butterbeer ice cream uh to go with the the drinks and it's not ice cream it's the butterbeer soft serve says ice cream on the sign. Okay. Can you get a butterbeer float? You cannot. No. That, what? Was, that was one of the two yeah. things that I was going to say. One is that you cannot get a float, which seemed unfortunate. But two, it was I like some of the best soft serve. It was I've so ever good. Had. It was really This is the proper incredible. soft serve. This is the good stuff. Like the stuff that you can get in London or Florida. Uh it's actually it was tasted better than Florida. Um, California does not serve say, this, by the way. Butter, no. they, they just have the cups. Yeah. In California, they only serve the hard-packed ice cream butterbeer, which is not even remotely similar to this. This is a very creamy and light, you know, soft serve. And it was really good. And we just split it between two people and it was plenty. Like, the amount was a lot. Yeah, I don't know that I would actually want to eat one on my own. No. Um, but it was it was just really genuinely good. I was surprised yeah. by how much I liked it. Yeah. On my own, oh. not sharing my soft serve. You can come with us. All for me. You and Russell can no share. No spoons to give away. <laughs> Although Russell can always spoon me. The butterbeer soft serve is mine and not his and it's mine to enjoy. I eat it. And by it, I mean soft serve. That's all I've got. Danny, please, will you interrupt me so I can stop and this interview can continue? I can't stop you because I love Les Mis. I don't know where to go from there. No, that was... That was great. So, um, Danny, you haven't been to the store yet, but I think you're planning uh-huh. on going... Uh, at some point relatively soon. Hoping I have not had the confirmation that we are going yet. Okay. Uh If you end up going and there was a seat available, which one do you think you would try? Probably Chaos at Hogwarts. What what about you, Steven? I would see this is much more of a what does this say about you and your intrinsic personality traits thing. I would like to believe that I'm a Chaos at Hogwarts guy, but I feel like I'd get way too confused by the how to actually use the VR properly. So the 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 flight one seems like it's a lot more user friendly in the sense that you have to make a lot fewer choices to utilize oh, it properly. So yeah. I feel like that's where I'm gonna have a higher satisfaction level until I get comfortable enough to where like I can actually do the other one to its fullest extent. That makes sense. Yeah. 
with that, do you think there's, do you think like people should, if they're going to do both, do like flight first and then chaos because of how it is or no, the opposite. Do chaos and then flight. Yeah. On the offset that you are one of the few people who get motion sick, like you don't want to go into a VR experience motion sick. So like if yeah. you, you go to one and it, it, you know, turns your cookies a little and then you go yeah. to the other, you're going to have a bad time. I, I don't think you're going to get motion sickness from chaos at Hogwarts because you are physically it's, controlling it's your, your body. Yeah. yeah, you're moving. So if you move, like the, it moves with you, there's no mm-hmm. delay there. So you should be fine. Um, but yeah, definitely that one first. I think that's it. Unless you guys have anything else to add, we will do some creator shout outs though. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys have any? No, ones? no. Let's switch up for once. Danny, why don't you go first? <laughs> fine. My shout out today is Nimbus the Wizard. He is a griffin dog who lives in New York and he has great dog Hogwarts Harry Potter photos. So you can find him at Nimbus the Wizard and you should go check him out because if you like dogs and you like Harry Potter, even if you don't like dogs, which that's fine too, go check out the photos. I love that. I can't wait. I love dogs. He also, I'm pretty sure he was also at the the New York store around opening. Nice. If the two of you had a celebrity couple name, what would it be? No. I've been workshopping no. like three different ones in my nope. head for the past couple minutes. Yeah, and we've none been trying really to. It doesn't work. No, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. So I'm not even going to go there. And I'll instead just ask Katie Russell, who are y'all shout outs for today? You want me to go first? Uh, okay, so my artist today is on Etsy. Their name is S-A-V-V-Y Jensen Art, J-E-N-S-E-N Art, all one word. And this artist is actually one of my favorite, um, just in general, like nerdy prints that they do. Uh, it's just beautiful work. Absolutely breathtaking. I have these four posters of the Quidditch um, houses. So there's one for each house and it's the backside of a Quidditch player facing the Quidditch pitch. And they're just gorgeous. And if you go on their Etsy, they have so many more fandoms. They have Zelda kingdom hearts. They have, uh, I think they have, they had studio Ghibli. I think it's still there. Um, anything, anything, everything, everything, anime, they have original items. Uh, they're just absolutely gorgeous. Um, so yeah, that's my shout out. Uh, I don't have an artist to shout out today. I just actually, uh, another member of the Potter community was just super cool about asking questions during the VR stuff and, and, uh, read my article and, and has actually gone and also done both of these rides, uh, is, uh, Jocelyn Moseman, uh, who I met for the first time in the New York store. She was super cool. Who is travel style magic on the grid. Hey, there's details that I should have known. (laughs) Welcome to my entire experience of doing this podcast. (laughs) The phrase, hey, there's details I should have known are things that I say, at least, if not out loud, definitely in my head, at least once or twice an episode. Sure. Um, I have, of course, three shout outs today because, of course, I do. Um, the first goes to Jenny Stringfellow at Jenny Strings. Uh, Jenny is the casting agent who simultaneously opened up my heart to hope and then clamped down uh, said hope with a a deafening no to possibly being on this upcoming Harry Potter quiz show, regardless of the fact that she broke my heart in email format. She is a lovely human being who um, was really cool to get to know. So 
Um, Jenny shouts to you. That was a journey. That was like a hardcore journey. I you want to talk about a journey, talk about my two weeks of potentially being on that damn show where I didn't even apply. And then I was asked to apply. Then I applied. Then I interviewed, didn't realize I was going to be quizzed, did pretty well on the quiz. Then had a video audition, which I had to get my big wide hips and massive forehead prepared for a video audition. Thought I nailed it and then was told, no, sorry, we don't want you. So, it, you know, it was a whole ride. Um I mean, consider yourself lucky. At least they, you know, talk to you. Well, no look, one replied to me. Well, look, all I'm saying is I, I I am on record, Katie, of being both, in terms of tenure, a longer Harry Potter fan than you. No. And in terms of intensity, a bigger Harry Potter fan no. than you. Definitely so, not. Not true. So I don't know. It really shouldn't be, be confusing. People have been writing today. profiles about me and my Potter fandom since 2004. <laughs> so... Um, I'm not sure why you're remotely surprised by the fact that I got through this process and you did not. Um, I mean, mean, Stephen is the Harry Potter fan of this group. Yes, I always have been. It's literally on his license plate. It is. (laughs) This hurts. This hurts, Stephen. I don't know why it hurts. Keep my identity away from me. I don't know why this hurts. This is common knowledge to everybody else in the community. I I don't know why you're so late. I'm just saying it must not be common knowledge if they won't even call me back. Anywho, Jenny's a treat process was bizarre, but also delightful at the same time. Um, a second shout out. So I was, I was talking with someone the other week at work and they were asking me if I like listen to other podcasts or like how I kind of establish whatever the heck you, you, you want to call my presence here on this podcast. And I thought about it. I, I didn't necessarily say intentionally yes, but also not no. And so as I've been thinking about my performance on the last handful of episodes we've done here, I've realized that they're pretty heavily influenced by this podcast I've been listening to called Pajama Pants, um, which is a trio, Cass uh, G, who is a YouTuber, uh, Jamie Lynn Sigler, who uh, was Meadow Soprano, and Robert Eiler, who was AJ Soprano. And they have this podcast that it's just, it's fun. It's a weekly thing where they kind of just talk about life and there's no overarching point, but um, I feel my performance on this podcast being influenced by listening to them. Um, so I wanted to shout them out because they do some really cool stuff over at Pajama Pants. Uh, and the third and final shout out is the most bizarre thing that happened to me this weekend. I was at a bar in West Hartford drunk. That's not the bizarre part. The bizarre part was I was waiting in line for a drink for an uh, inordinate amount of time. And I started talking to these young ladies next to me in line because they were commenting on uh, men at the bar that they were hoping to get to know. And so I kind of just leaned in and said, oh, yeah, that one's kind of cute, you know, as I do. And long story short, I talked to this one girl for like 45 minutes that night. And she leaves the conversation by being like, oh, yeah, my last name is Disney. And I was like, is it? She goes, no, but I love Disney. And I was like, oh, hello. And she goes, yeah, I actually have a Disney influencer Instagram. I said, no shit. I am the Harry Potter fan. Um, (laughs) We're just going to keep this going, aren't we? Oh, you better believe we are. Oh boy. Um, I'm going to get t-shirts made for LeakyCon. First Brandy um, and now me. <laughs> Goodness. Anywho, long story short, Amy and Arendale is this amazing West Hartfordian, Connecticutian, nutmeg stater. I don't really know what we call people from here, but she has a Disney Instagram and she was lovely. We became best friends on Saturday night. So that was a good time that was had by me. Um, also, I believe her. Anywho, those are my three. I don't Not really a lot know. of fine new best friends. It was it was the most bizarre thing. It was it was surreal. Oh, she's super cute. Are you stalking her now? 
Well, I, I mean, that's the point of this whole thing, right? Like we're supposed to go stalk all these artists. <laughs> Katie understood the assignment. I think it's important. Yeah. Go show your support. <laughs> you should probably go like the Harry Potter fan also. Oh, also I have a fourth. I have a fourth. I'm sorry. Um, Sydney Dean, who we know and love on this podcast, Sid Sketched, um, signed with an agent today to develop a series of graphic novels based around the, I believe it's the Coven Oven Correct. is the name of her, uh, uh series that she's been, um, designing and, and bringing to life the past handful of months on her Patreon. Like I look, I don't really know much about graphic novels, nor do I know much about art for that matter, but I know a lot about Sydney Dean. And I am super psyched for this. So congratulations to you, Sydney. This is such an amazing, amazing moment for you. And yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us and talking about the virtual tour, virtual reality, whatever you call it. (laughs) VR experience. VR experience. We'll go with that. Um, Hopefully, like for people that want to do it, keep an eye out because if tickets are booked through August, you'll definitely want to watch for when the next ticket's release so that you can get them and you can't go to the store and say hey i want to ride this thing right now it's all done through through the app so So no standby lines or anything there's no yeah there's no standby lines or anything like that here's a random question does wizarding world gold get discounts on it great question no no we asked pointing yep we asked that as well you do get discounts on the merchandise in the store as long as you're not engraving anything on it right (laughs) <laughs> there's a there's a lot of little and, things and like that from Mina Lima. and nothing from Mina Lima that doesn't count and the butterbeer doesn't wait you, well don't you get at least at Mina Lima in London I get I get the discount on the non-prints I get discounts on like they're like regular merch like the non you know fancy stuff lady behind the counter just said nothing in Mina Lima so I don't huh. know Interesting. Yeah. Cause uh, when I, I mean, go, it was also the very first day and they were still fixing and figuring stuff out. So it could yeah. well be wrong. Totally fair. Yeah. Cause when I went to London to their, to the old house of Mina um, all of the stuff on the main floor, basically, right. Um, all the postcards and, and notebooks and trinkets and all that, you know, you got the discount on that. Anyhow. So if yeah. anyone has been to the store and this has changed, please let us know. Or Mina Lima, if you're listening, <laughs> feel free to come on the podcast, creatingmagicpodcast at gmail.com and let us know. Yes, please. I love them. Pretty sure I would need multiple changes of khakis throughout that episode, but it would be Same, a doozy. Except I don't wear khakis. Well, you know, only the Harry Potter fan wears khakis. Wow. Listen, it's so serious that he even has an entire wizarding robe made of khakis. Wow. Like, who else can say that? Wow. I wonder who did that for you. Oh, my gosh. You have an entire wizarding robe made out of khakis? That's incredible. Is it Hufflepuff? Tell us, Stephen. All I know is it is currently like 85 degrees with a significant percentage of humidity in this godforsaken state. I am not putting on that death trap heat stroke of an attire <laughs> during the middle of the summer. That ain't happening. It's it just not. I'm, I'm schwitzing in my polo shirt right now. Which means come winter, he will put it on. Yeah, come winter, it will be a great lounging around the house kind of thing. I'm all about that. That oh, would sign, also, sign me up. I mean, there's Denver LeakyCon. No, that ain't happening. I can't lug that thing through the airport. You wear it on you the plane. You wear it on the plane. That's what everyone does with their robes. I'm not Sorry, showing can up. Can you imagine? I'm not Steven? showing up. No, no, no. I'm not showing up to. Well, who am I flying for that? I am not showing up. 
flying, I'm flying American. I'm not showing up to the Admirals Club wearing my khaki robes. I'm sorry. No. Steven, I will pay you to do this. <laughs> I need pictures, please. No. no. Stay tuned for it. Whatever happens between there's nothing, to, there's nothing to stay tuned for. There's a part two. Listeners, listeners I will wear the f- the frick out of these khakis inside my apartment because they are comfy robes. And when it's not deathly hot in this stupid house from 1918, um, they will be lovely to wear. But in public, yes, that's what they were meant for. They were meant for LeakyCon, and that's our show. Hope to see you at LeakyCon. <laughs> Bye, guys. Wow.